Welcome to the pilot program. Uh, this is the podcast where me and my best friend, Jordan. Uh-huh. I should have let you say your name right there. Jordan Troublefield. My best friend, Jordan Troublefield. We, um, we, uh... We watch pilot? We watch a pilot, um, of a TV show. Just the pilot. Just the first some episode. Some of them we have seen, um, some we have not seen. Some are crazy old, some yeah. are brand new. Right. And then we, uh, just kind of discuss how they affected us, what's the art of a pilot, uh... Pretty mm-hmm. much, we hope we break the whole thing down, but we probably won't. But we'll get to some good points. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is episode three. I don't know if we said that yet. No. Um, so, still pretty early in. Uh, we All those classic segments you'll eventually know us for don't exist yet. Yeah. So, we're getting there. You're, right. uh, so, you know, just hold on. Give us a second. Uh, but we are, we're both writers ourselves. We've both written uh, pilots, uh for ourselves and for competition, uh, Kevin had a tiny, tiny bit of success. Uh, mm-hmm. So, of the two of us, thanks for throwing in two tiny. Of the, I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be like uh, he invented Mad Men. Ever heard of it? <laughs> um, but uh, um, I'm saying that now so that whenever we're in the future, and we have all those segments and we're Emmy award winning right, right. writers. Do you think we'll still do this if we were writing on a television show? No, the I second. <laughs> If we got any notice, not only will I not do this podcast anymore, I will refuse to be a guest on podcasts that yeah. would be so stupid as to oh, do this. Oh man! We but um, so about this free format. But yeah, so so we're 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 watching it for ourselves to take notes to absorb pilots as an excuse to finally watch some shows that we yeah. never got around to. Um, I felt like there was other things to say, but I don't remember what it was. I think if you want to know if this is a professional podcast, all you need to know is that me and Jordan both have pens in mm-hmm. our hands for some reason, and small <laughs> notebook papers in front of us. I feel like we are playing uh, news anchor, and we're 12 years old. Yeah, it does. It does yeah. feel like... Let me, uh, stat- let me shuffle my papers and get them in uh, organized order. Um, Crazy yep, efficient. Ready to go. Oh, Kennedy died. Is that's the news story? You want? Mm-hmm, I guess yeah. that's a good one. It's all about the '60s. This episode. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we uh, watched uh, what? What show did we watch, Jordan? We watched uh, "Take My Wife," brand new show. Yep. Uh, on CISO. You want to explain what CISO is? Yeah, I think that's kind of why we wanted to do this. Is we all know um, television obviously is changing in a real big way. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't have to be on a television think, to be considered television. Well, I anymore. think it'll be interesting to know the next when is going to be the first show we do proper that is currently airing over broadcast is being broadcast to television homes. Not that's a present that day is show on a network, a real like network. I guess that's true because the episode we will. Spoiler alert, the episode we will be recording after this is Stranger Stranger Things. Yeah. And uh, that's on Netflix. I imagine a lot of the present-day shows we're going to want to talk about, yeah. um, we'll probably have to fight this, are going to be on streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I guess HBO counts as a, uh, an actual television yeah. Yeah. broadcast network. But, it'll be interesting once we get to one of the big three networks, or the big four networks, mm-hmm. um, with the show they are currently airing. Yeah. Which is bananas. Even if you went back 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been this way. We still would have been largely talking about broadcast. I mean, there was yeah. there was HBO, and that was the beginning of... Um, Netflix was practical DVDs, like physical DVDs. Yeah. Streaming was not a thing at that point, I don't think, for the most part. Mm. I don't remember in high school streaming anything. 
Yeah, well, ten years ago, I guess that's true. Ten years ago, you were still a senior in high school, and I was in college. Ten years ago, you were a senior in high school. It's 2016. I, I ten years ago was two weeks from starting college. I was doing a real general... (laughs) (laughs) Not important. Fine. Guys, here's the real breakdown. I was starting my senior year of high school. Mm, And and I was starting my freshman year of college. Wasn't there a big ice storm that kept you inside a long time? No, that was your second semester. This is the stuff we're going to cut out. Mm, Maybe. (laughs) But on the, basically the point is, is that it's weird. We are at a point where um, the large four networks have been humbled in a big way. They Mm -hmm. still have uh, more money and they still have larger viewing pools, but that is an aging, dying audience. And um, the good content has largely moved away from those networks. Especially Um, now that the good wife is done. Is it done? Mm -hmm. Had its uh, series finale. What's Margalee's going to do now? I don't know. I'm worried about her. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. The, uh, I mean... She's going to guest on this podcast. Alan Cummings can always go back to the theater. Yeah, but Julia Margulies? What are you going to do? They wouldn't have her. ER Part 2? Was she on ER? Where did her start come from? I don't know. She came out, she was 41, and she won a shit ton of awards, and everyone acted like she'd been a movie star forever, and she must have been. Yeah. She must have done something, but I don't know what it was Was she... Who was... Who was George Clooney's girlfriend? Was it... I feel like it might have been. I'll I'll be honest with you. The name Juliana Margulies sounds like a girlfriend of George Clooney, but I don't know if the person. Yeah, is. yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we wanted to do um, "Take My Wife" because it's a, a new show coming out. It's on CISO, which is a streaming service by NBC, I believe. Yeah, they're um, the ones fitting the bill. Playing to their strong suit that they have abandoned largely, which is good comedy. Uh, that's what that is. NBC will forever be my favorite network just mm-hmm. because growing up the most important things to me in the world were NBC comedies. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking Friends and Cheers Seinfeld. and Seinfeld. I'm talking Wings. Frasier. Frasier. Good Morning Miami. Parks and Rec. Office. How much can we do? Office. Yeah. Community. Community. Yeah. It, 30 Rock. We're Yeah. And we're missing still uh, countless other shows that were... It was just a real... Um, a, a real place of genuine great comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saturday Night Live and Conan at one point. Like, it just... Anyway. So, NBC is very important to us. Uh, to me, I think I'm kind of... I don't know if I'm putting that on you. But... Uh, no, yeah, I would say that's probably true. I will I'm always rooting Jordan, for NBC. There is no larger dream that I think I could ever have than having a comedy that aired on NBC on a Thursday night. I think even the current state of things, that still would be my number one destination. Yeah. It just, uh, I don't know, that would be um, really fulfilling a dream. I'll make some calls. <laughs> you have those powers? Mm-hmm. What are we doing here, then? <laughs> what, you know, you're just saving this in your pocket. We, you know, you have, to, you have to montage before you jump in the oh, ring. That's true, exactly. This is our montage. <laughs> a um, long montage. <laughs> CISO, uh, I think it's about four bucks a month. Um, and they have, they're pulling from Yeah, we used your roommates, so we don't actually know how much it is. <laughs> We, we should go ask Aaron. Yeah, hey, ask how much are you paying for that? Thank Here's you. Here's the thing: the is he didn't know about it, and he found it on his uh, on uh, his Fire Stick or whatever service he's using to watch television these yeah. days. What a mess we've gotten ourselves into! But it's amazing. So much content. Hey guys, uh, by the way, we're starting a Kickstarter uh, to pay Kevin's roommate Aaron back. So if you guys <laughs> would just donate money so that we can keep streaming these 
Oh, Aaron can keep streaming these things. We would <laughs> yeah. we would very much appreciate he's, it. He's how we're gonna watch Hulu shows, mm-hmm. Netflix shows. Yeah, we don't have any of this. Yeah, I don't know why we can't put our own names to it. Just bad credit, I guess. Here's a genuine thing. Anytime we watch an, an HBO show, mm-hmm. we are most likely going to be watching it off of my account, which is actually some stranger I've never met before because it just got passed down like a myth mm-hmm. through my friends. The <laughs> like the in. Book of Exodus? Yes. Through people that were just like, hey, man, by the way, put in, put in this guy's name, yeah. put in this dumb password he made up. That's probably the same thing he uses for his bank accounts and everything, but yeah. I have it for his NBC. Or his, no, I'm sorry, his HBO. My, uh, if I still have access to the Amazon Prime account, is uh, my girlfriend, uh, two girlfriends ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Have you tried it? No, because I, I don't want to be that guy. Because I, yeah. I know that if it's still there and yeah. I get into it, I will really use it, and I just don't want to use my ex-girlfriend's... I feel bad. I understand that. Although a, I do want to know thing, how I mean, episode three of Orphan Black goes. Plus, I mean, like Jeffrey Tambor and uh, yeah, that's true. Isn't that isn't that worth more? And Mozart in the Jungle. I have no. Anyway, the <laughs> we're getting this and is, Alpha House. This is why we're talking about television because there's literally this much to talk about. It's an amazing, crazy time for television. Yeah. So CISO is a streaming service. It's uh, backed by NBC, from what I understand. They've got all NBC comedies, their late night shows, SNL, the mm-hmm. whole thing. Got some UCB on there. Got some stand-up UCB. comedy on there. And then they bringing, they're bringing in a big way all um, as much British comedy as they can get. All uh, Faulty Towers, Monty Python, all this stuff. And that brings us to, they have this great, um, they have kind of the strategy that Netflix has, but also what built Netflix, which was let's collect a lot of great content. Yeah. that people are going to enjoy. And then um, they, in one phase, are doing what was the second phase of Netflix, which was introducing original content. Yes. Because you also kind of have to remember, before Netflix did it, maybe Hulu was doing but I don't think so. I'm trying to think of when original content on these streaming services kind of started, because it was such a weird... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when Deadbeat started on Hulu. Or I think that was a later one. I'm trying to think what was the original one of the first. There was I one I've always wanted to watch and never did. I couldn't even tell you anybody who was in it. But there was mm-hmm. one that was a comedy set in like the Wild West, and it was about a guy who was basically like the first. I mean, this is a fictitious person. Mm-hmm. It was like basically like the father of like CSI trying to CSI the crap out of the Wild West, but failing because. Everyone around him believes doesn't believe in science, so really? it was yeah. I was like, that sounds so what, funny. Ne- what was this on? What service? Hulu. Hulu. Mm-hmm. And that was Never when I was working at the Ethnic Loft. So that was like eight really? years ago, seven or eight years ago, I think. I've never heard one thing about that. I know the one person I ever heard on the podcast talk about. It, I liked it. Huh. I couldn't. I we I keep wanting to say it's now. Longmire, but I know that's not that no. show. <laughs> I think. But I think it's something Longmire like is that. a show for dads. That is a show for your 54-year-old father to fall asleep to. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, I hear it's great, but I just that is definitely a dad show. Um, I'm also sitting in a metal chair, so if you hear what sounds like uh, the Robot cries farting. of a, gross, a ghost. A gross. <laughs> a ghost crow? Yeah, yeah. A crowst? <laughs> um, anyway, so the, on CISO, that's what, uh, it's a service. You can check it out. So they have a bunch of original series, um, and they were promoting in a big way um, Cameron Esposito's original show with her wife. 
Rhea Butcher. No, Rhea. Rhea Butcher. I, Jordan, I literally told you, don't let me say Rhea. Yeah. Because it's Rhea, and then you you got me with that. Well, I forgot to do, I forgot to write down the pronunciation thing, like in a dictionary, where it's like an upside down E, and that line that doesn't mean anything. I just spelled it like river in Spanish with an A. Rhea. Rhea. The, um... She, they are both stand-up comedians. Uh, yes. Cameron Esposito, starting about a year and a half ago or two years ago, started blowing up in a big way all mm-hmm. over social media. She's the host of uh, Put Your Hands Together. Yeah. Which um, I got to, I listened to uh, Doug Loves Movies uh, weekly, and I believe if I remember correctly, uh, Doug Benson most often records out of UCB, and I believe... His show for a while preceded Put Your Hands Together. So I'd always hear him talking about it. And then I started hearing Cameron Esposito show up in live episodes of You Made It Weird with Pete okay. Holmes and thinking she was hysterical. Uh-huh. Um, so I I really didn't know that much about Rhea Butcher. I think I'd heard her maybe also pop up once on You Made It Weird, mm-hmm. uh, either in a live show capacity or an actual long-form interview. But uh, I've been... I, I like Cameron Esposito a lot. She's also in Mother's Day, which is... Uh, the ISIS of movies, but like Cameron Esposito was one of the very few good things about it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, they are they're both comedians. They've been touring for a while together, and they just got married. I think I really so. not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and so Cameron put out our first hour long special called Marriage Material right after they got married. Um, and she's been doing the the podcast circuit and uh, on BuzzFeed doing Ask a Lesbian, I think. Oh, I didn't see that. You didn't see that? Those are very funny, too. And uh, Rhea is on it as well with her. And people just ask all kinds of questions, and she answers in a very funny way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's kind of been all over the place. And so CISO picked it up, and they've uh, put together six episodes of a series called Take My Wife. Mm-hmm. about. It seems like it's... Not about them actually being married. It seems very autobiographical about their journey to being married. Well, the yes. The very first thing we see in the pilot is a scene of Cameron Esposito dressed nice and Rhea dressed nice. And Cameron is carrying her across the threshold. Yes. Um, which I I didn't watch that and go, oh, they're married. I was like, okay, they're reenacting a traditional like couple thing. Mm-hmm. A couple milestone or whatever. Um, but... Uh, it's and, and like they fall over and it says one year earlier and the end of the pilot, uh, spoiler alert, is that she sort of jokingly asks for Rhea to marry her. So yeah. I guess that is what we're building up. Oh, to. we should probably also tell you that we will spoil this because what's the point? Yeah, like, this is the first no, episode. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Go watch it. Yeah. Pay the four dollars. Get get your like, roommate. No, no, pay Aaron four dollars. Yeah. Aaron <laughs> will let you borrow his account Aaron information. Is the best guy. He's the best. Does he spell his name with an E or a two A's? I'm not sure, but he's a boy, so probably yeah. the two A's. <laughs> It'd be cool if he did though. Yeah, you know. But speaking of broken cultural norms, I think I I felt like that was what they were doing with the uh, carrying over the threshold and dropping not one that's a, a classic comedy trope. Reminded uh, me of Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, and they the music was that way too. Where at first I don't know if you remember this, the music at first I'm in that bad with music was memory. very fifties, um, maybe not fifties sitcomy, but it was big. Not I don't want to say big bandish, but really think Thirty Rock. It was that okay. style. And I was like, oh, okay, well, they're setting up. I'm getting ready for a 30 Rock-style score for this show. And then she drops her, obviously. Um, and it's just a real quick moment, but it kind of felt like 
the beginning of like, yes, this is about a married couple, but we're yeah, it's like, it's interesting. It's like yeah. this is in one way, this is one of the this is maybe the oldest trope in yeah. comedy and sitcom, mm-hmm. but we're gonna turn it on its head and yeah. make it about uh, a real life lesbian couple, right? Which small tangent, the first episode that we've ever done of this was we covered I Love Lucy. I was yeah. like, it's interesting to now, on episode three, 60 years later, mm-hmm. be like, this is the same, th- these are two, sig- these are two uh, married people working together to produce a show that is sort of an exaggeration of their real lives. And I don't, I don't know if, we, I imagine so. I Love Lucy was the first, I mean, the first interracial couple displayed, or uh, not displayed, that sounds awful. Um depicted on television mm-hmm. period but they were in real life an actual interracial couple yeah and then i don't i don't think this is the first uh that on take my wife that they are the first um lesbian couple but they're certainly probably the first um gay women to star in a show together or to star the show definitely i well here's the thing star the show there were shows i mean there were shows like uh the L word and stuff. Yeah. So no, like, they're right, not the yeah. first to lead a show. There might be the first, it's very possible that they're the first real life lesbian couple to lead That's a That's probably sitcom. a better way to say is that they are the first real life couple. Yeah. To I have to imagine there had to have been other sitcoms that had, um, two lead characters who were lesbians. Uh, that, like I said, that were sitcoms off the top of my head. I can't think of any, though it is a relationship show yeah. and I'm, I've never, seen the L word so I don't know this and I imagine that there are people in relationships but a this is like a honeymooners this is a, I love Lucy mm-hmm. this is a real couple show like a this is about this couple they are the center of this show yeah and I don't know if we have had that yet maybe not because I don't well I don't know I've never also I was about to say with gay men if we had that with gay women I don't know we've had couples that are a part of an ensemble yeah leading the show this is their show I know there's Husbands which is a web series okay that's supposed to be very popular that I have not seen I have not seen that either Guys, I'm really just admitting. We should tell you guys that we are two straight white men, (laughs) which I think might be, honestly, might uh, be good to get out towards the front. And by the front, I mean minute 22 of this episode. (laughs) Um, As we go forward and and, uh, weigh the, the result of a show about two lesbian women. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, we put it that disclaimer at the right part. It was just ten minutes shy of the end of the bus story. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly where we wanted to put that <laughs> yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. Um, so with this, we start out the show, um, and we have th- that happen. Here's my first question to you. Did we have a title card? Did we have an intro? Did we have anything that said, take my wife, or did I miss that all I feel like we had a title card that said, take my wife, and that was it. Really? I, f- I, I think so. Think, well, hey, wait. It might not have been a title card. It might because they freeze when they fall, and then I think it might have just said "Take my Did wife." Did it say over, it over that? I think maybe. Oh, I, you know what? Is that when we paused it and went and got? We forgot that we write things down. That yeah, is that a maybe. professional podcast mm-hmm. of two men, not two little boys. It could be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could be uh, because they definitely had the credits over the screen. They yeah. definitely did, like produced by Scott Ackerman and okay, etc. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. I already missed that. Yeah. So just take everything I say with a grain of salt. Because I was like, oh, I don't know if we have a theme song. I don't know if we have... Which is an interesting thing to talk about because we do want to talk about theme songs. But mm-hmm. more often than not, a lot of times the tradition in pilots is maybe you have the theme song. But if you have an opening title sequence, it's far... Mm-hmm. Uh, Pared down, is that what I'm looking for? Yeah, I think it's so. It's taken way down the theme You might not know who your regulars are yet. You yeah. might not have enough footage to put together some sort of, like, uh, montage of people hanging out and doing different fun activities or whatever. You might not have a budget for a song. Yeah. So in this, we... That happens. I I need to rewatch it to see if we even get that once they freeze. And then we jump back one year. Yeah. Um, Which I presume is what all six episodes are leading up to. Yeah, Yeah. seems like it. So in this... uh, By the way, this episode was called The Setup. The Setup. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting. We actually went through and looked at um, what all six episodes were named, and they all have... uh, They're all, I guess... like Kind of like the anatomy of of telling a joke for a while, and then it just becomes words that are specifically tied into a stand-up act. Yeah, it's like yeah. setup, punchline, a pause break. Yeah. Headliner, something else. Opener. Which, you know, that reminds me of, uh, I think this is actually important. Um, there was, do you ever remember CBS doing a miniseries in the summer called, like, <laughs> I almost called it Bridge Island. I don't think that's the name of it. But it was... <laughs> that that reality show where a bunch of old people play bridge on a tropical island and then they just get booted off one by one? I was thinking of just an island. lowest ratings ever. <laughs> oh, just it was, Jeff Bridges' it was, family? Yeah. That well, Bo, I think that I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to vote you off. Sorry, sorry, Bo Bridges. You do a lot of great impressions. I didn't talk Jeff like Bridges this 15 is... <laughs> years ago, but it's the only way I know how to talk now. Are you talking about how his voice just totally yep. shifted? What happened? I'm from California, but you're never not. It's really good. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Bo Bridges is on uh, The Descendants, and that was oh, when, yeah. when you said that. Anyway, the um, they did this uh, this miniseries that was about like a wedding weekend that was on a secluded island or something like that. Yeah. Harper's Island. I think it's called Harper's Island. That sounds like it's a title. ten episodes long. Okay. It's like a small like resort town that most of the locals have... There's not that many people that stay there in the off season, and there's mm-hmm. like people that have gone back for a reunion, and people keep getting killed on this island. Mm. Um, and I one summer, I think it must have been about 2011, mm-hmm. maybe 10, watched every single episode of it. Interesting. And the point of this is that every episode was a automatopoeia, so it was like thwack and slice and wait, slice isn't one. Sorry, thwack and whatever. The huh. Yeah, uh, and. I was thinking, that's fun, because when you have a miniseries, you can do that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I like when titles kind of have a theme to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Like, Friends, it's the, uh, the, the one, one with... with uh, or Community, they have, like, Friendship 101, whatever it is. Like, yeah. they're all, like, college-based. And also, um, it with uh, uh, Third Rock from the Sun, every title has... It's... Because, do you remember where, what John Lithgow's character's name is? I do not. It's Dick Solomon. Tom, yeah. Dick, Harry, Solomon, Sally, Solomon. Oh yeah. And uh, every pilot or every title of every episode is some double entendre that has to do with Dick. Like you don't know Dick or like really. Yeah, it's all every it's all Dick episode? jokes. 
Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yeah. Every Seinfeld episode begins with V. That's my interesting thing. Is that interesting? <laughs> it is. Seinfeld said that he wanted his writers focusing on the content of the show, not the title. So he was like, you just put the before. So it'd be like oh. the jacket. All right. That's the, interesting. Yeah. I was jacket, like, the you could bonding. easily do that on accident. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that, that, was, that makes there sense. There was an actual That's Seinfeld method okay. to it. But anyway, so that was my... Uh, I felt like when you have only six episodes, when you have a streaming service like CISO and you know you're getting a limited run, you can do this kind of thing for uh, with it. Mm-hmm. And also another advantage of that, just how it's different from how television was done in America for the most part suddenly you get greenlit for six episodes right away. So they get to sit down uh, yeah. and write out a six-episode arc, which I think as a writer I find a very interesting like uh, is, setup. Is that, how, is that how it's done? been done in like England for a while? It must be, right? They must just buy a limited amount, and then if it goes well, they'll give them another yeah. ser- series as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess so, but I think that's something that's interesting is um, whereas a lot of pilots are just trying to get the show picked up, this is a pilot that is not really a pilot at all because it's, it's taking, you have the yeah. whole thing. It's not a test run of anything. It's, we've done all six episodes. This mm-hmm. is just the first part. It's just the first chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting, we're just seeing a whole lot more of that with these streaming services and everything just gets dropped all at once. Then the ideas a lot more people they're doing less episodes no one's getting to do 24 episodes in one season right but they are getting to sit down and say i know exactly i get to shape this entire series which is important to pilots because that way theoretically your actors get to see how their character uh evolves through the show yeah and then also from a writing standpoint I know for myself, the more I write a character, the more I understand about them. So theoretically, you get to the sixth episode, and then when you go back to do your rewrites, take that information with you, and then the pilot go, this isn't the person. I found right. the person now. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what's an example of, like, uh, you go back and you watch the pilot episode of something, and you go, like, that character is, that like, the very next mm-hmm. episode, that character is not that way. I don't know if I have a good example of that, but we talk about this all the time where I, the first time we watched Community, mm-hmm. absolutely gave up on it because I just, it was literally a, just a show about people being at community college. Mm-hmm. And then around the time that Jeff does the, the school debate and it gets a little yep. broader than it is and then suddenly they really find their feet and now you watch like the second, third season and it's this incredible... It like, is one of my favorite shows yeah, that's ever existed. Incredibly unique show. Last two seasons aren't super great, but when it's on, when it's yeah. at its apex, it's fucking gold. Yeah, yeah, and so you get that with network shows where they kind of evolve a lot more. So I don't really have a great example of a character. I mean... Uh, the only thing I can think of is, is I was like, you know what, in that pilot episode, Joey Tribbiani wears a lot of leather. He does. <laughs> but that's leather not really... Vest, yeah, but that's not like a... <laughs> his emotions or like character or anything it's just what that guy would wear that's more about a, a like costume lady not really knowing where to go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 he's an italian actor yeah yeah let's go with the white shirt over yeah <laughs> a vest over it yeah um yeah but that's i think that is an advantage that they have with the show so going into that um, with that idea that they have six episodes, they filmed, they're all up, they wrote them all, and I'm guessing, I don't know when they started filming. I don't know. Six episodes isn't 
a whole terrible uh, amount of shows. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had them finished before they filmed. Yeah. Um, looking at it, when we have this contained thing, what's the pilot? I always like to break down with pilots. What's the immediate, the immediate plot line, the thing that's going to be resolved by the end, end of, of the, the first episode? episode. And what is the thing that's going to propel us into the season? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not giving you a pop quiz, but (laughs) no, no. And that's a, that's a good way to think of it. And it's, it's nice and simple. The, that I said simple, like that was like, Oh, that was nice. And, uh, Oh, I'm real dull. Yeah. No. Um, so are you, are you, are you throwing it to me to try to answer it? I, I mean, I have my answers. I don't know if you have any. So, uh, episode that is resolved in the pilot, uh, versus, what is being set up to be resolved throughout the rest of it. Um, it seems as if in the pilot, um, you have Rhea and you have uh, Cameron, who play exaggerated versions of themselves. They live together. They live together. They're a couple. Um, one is an established comic. They never tell us how long they've been together. I wrote that down at the end of it. Yeah. Where I was like, and we can get into this in a little bit. It would really inform I was it. like, yeah. I don't know if they've been together Two and a half intense months, yeah. or a year and a half slow burn months. Yeah, and that would really shape my view, and something mm-hmm. I would have really enjoyed having in this. Because I just think it, every issue that we will now discuss with mm. what's going, this is all about their relationship. So yeah. that would have just been some really good um, information. What's, what's the fancy word for inf- information? Exposition. Data? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, uh, so within this, so they're, they're a couple, uh, Cameron is an established comic. She, uh, has her own, um, stand-up showcase that she does. Uh, she's invited on to podcasts and stuff. She has like a Twitter presence and everything. Um, uh, Rhea is a, I believe she's a graphic designer. Yeah. Um, she, uh, that is her day job that she is afraid to, to leave because it is, reliable money at a reliable schedule uh it is benefits it is the safe thing and then um she does comedy in the evenings or whenever she feels like it which is interesting because she is a graphic designer Mm -hmm. but her boss is located in cleveland ohio or like toledo or something like yeah in cleveland and uh Somehow he is writing her too much. Like it's yeah that it's a big issue that he is always wanting to wanting her time. Yeah. Though it is interesting that he is a boss who is operating from two time zones. Yeah. Difference. Like she at towards the end of the episode, he is um, he is texting her at midnight wherever in Ohio he is. Yeah. Which is 10 p.m. in L.A. Yeah. Uh, but she she wants to be a comic, uh, but she is, I think, I don't want to use the word terrified, but um, maybe quietly terrified of actually making the sacrifice and cutting her ties to the real world and actually, like, believing in herself. Yeah. Um, Which is a nice, it's a good um, contrast to Cameron. Mm-hmm. Because Cameron says in the podcast that she she records a podcast at the beginning, and like he's talking about her overnight success and is like, "Where'd you come from? You know?" And she's yeah. Like, oh, it's only something I've done. I've like done day and night for like at fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. yeah. And she's been she's so focused mm-hmm. on Cameron is so focused on stand up is all that matters. Stand up is all that matters. But uh, Rhea is the much more 
reserved. I have my dreams, but I also have the practicality. Of, right. Um, which I think is a nice, is, is good to have because like, I think most people are probably living that life of, yeah, I need to pay some, I have to pay my debts. I have to yeah. We see debts. at the end of the episode, right. she has at the very least like, uh, school debt. Yeah. Um, on top of, I guess just regular people bills. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. No, 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 no. Um, so that, and that is my perception slash memory of the, of the, uh, intra pilot, uh, conflict, the storyline. And then I guess the, I don't really know what the conflict would be off the top of my head that they're setting up for the rest of the season to solve. It seems as if they, the, the episode seems to think that at the end of the episode, it has solved all the issues Mm-hmm. Um, and that the next five episodes might just be them celebrating all of their issues being solved. Yeah. Um, because I know that they, uh, one benefit of her quitting is that the idea is that the two of them will tour together. Um, they will finally have time for each other. Like we see them run into each other mm-hmm. at different points. And like, um, Rhea is having this whole life that, Cameron has no concept of, despite the fact that they live together. Yeah. She knows the neighbors' names. She knows what the neighbor's up to, stuff like that. Um, and so... It kind of, like, hints that she's living a little more in the real world than Cameron is. Like, Cameron's just so focused on her own stuff mm-hmm. that Rhea is the one who's actually experiencing, watching what they're doing, keeping them on the ground level. Yeah. I guess so, that is true, yeah. Cameron's so quick to be like, quit your job. I can support us. I can pay mm-hmm. for this apartment. I can... And one of us to eat. Yeah. And I, I I guess that is true. My my one of my complaints would be that um that if that is it, the the pilot's attention, that is played too subtle, I yeah. think. Um, which I think is a reoccurring issue with this episode. Yeah. Is too much subtlety. Yeah. If it's even it, it's subtlety if it's intentional and then just lack of certain things if it's not intentional i want to before we move on i want to go over the the Mm -hmm. uh my thoughts on that but i do i think that you're touching on something that is very the critical not the death nail of this pilot because i did enjoy this pilot but my biggest complaint is that um and i didn't really know how to express it until you said that Mm -hmm. uh, about the subtlety it is like this show never announces itself in any way it just never there's never a moment where you go, I get this show. I know this show. Yeah. I see where we're what we're doing. It it is just it plays a little bit on the back burner the entire time. It never mm-hmm. never really gets you. Yeah. Um and there's I think a number of reasons. But Yeah, we'll get into that um, here in a second. My see my thought on what was the uh the uh blah, 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 Conflict that would be solved by the end mm-hmm. was um, there's this reoccurring thing where Cameron um, they've been dating for again here's a moment where it would be really nice to know how long they've been dating for some period of time yeah and if we if we knew if it had been two months this issue would be more understandable if it had been six months then it would be a little more like oh. Rhea, definitely you need to let people know. Rhea will not let Cameron talk publicly about the fact that they are in a relationship Mm -hmm. because Cameron is um, well on her way to really succeeding and Rhea is just getting into the business and she wants to build her own stuff. There's a very specific scene of 
um, Cameron talking about Rita while she's on stage that she wants to build her own way so she doesn't want it to seem like she's just Cameron's girlfriend. Right. And she's going to get ahead that way. Right, that she's like sleeping her way to the top. Right, exactly. And so that, and Cameron is um, understanding about that, but is constantly throughout the episode pushing like, she wants people to know that this is her girlfriend. She yeah. wants people to know that she's in a loving relationship. She wants... That was... For me, I was like, okay. About halfway through, I was like, this is what's going to be resolved at the end of this episode. This yeah. is the thing. And we have that with our climax moment of... Should we get into it? Or we yeah, get? sure, yeah. At the the climax, of the they're at the showcase. Rhea has had to take her name off of... Not the showcase. At the running show that... Right, the, the stand-up. Yeah, uh, yeah. That Cameron runs. And Rhea's had to take her name off it because she's supposed to have a hard deadline for her job she doesn't like. Right. Um, and she has a uh, moment with her neighbor, decides to go, and then while she's backstage texting her boss, Cameron just looks at her and calls her on. And this isn't like... My thing with it was this was the only real big moment we got with Cameron. We have, like, the mm-hmm. interview at the beginning, which is um, kind of a humbling thing for Cameron. She's very dismissed by the podcast guy. Yeah. And then we... This is the only real moment. For the most part, this seems like Rhea's story. Even though we have a plenty of, of which Cameron. You, you know which is interesting? Mm-hmm. I agree with you, and I think it's interesting because the... I don't know if you saw, the pilot was written solely by Cameron Esposito. Was it really? Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, I would believe that she had input from other yeah. writers and stuff, but she's the one with the sole credit. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. I think it's cool that Cameron Esposito would throw most of the attention to her yeah. her wife, right. which feels like what Cameron Esposito in the show would also do. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, it just, Cameron doesn't get much in the show. She has plenty of lines and dialogue, but... She and I would argue one? her presence is exuberant enough that yeah. it lo- like because I didn't realize that until you just said it. I was like, but her presence is so felt, yeah, because she's such an obvious, like on camera personality. Yeah, yeah, she is for sure. Yeah, um, she also sometimes does like. I feel like when she was a kid, Jim Carrey was a huge. thing. I thought the exact yeah, same thing for a split Jim second. Jim Carrey faces, which is not an insult by any Mm-mm. means, like. It's very funny, but every once in a while she'll do a face, and I'm like, that is Jim Carrey. Yeah. It's just like every once in a while I do things that I'm like, I'm just doing Chandler That's Charles Bain. Manson. <laughs> that was solid. Very solid. I'm going to do a whole separate podcast on that joke. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, By the way, we're in a prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> so glad to see you. I'm a journalist. <laughs> the... Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about how it was Rhea, and, yeah. and that was kind of Cameron's only like uh, second moment, and <laughs> right. like the whole thing. The so she has this big moment at the end. She calls uh, Rhea on stage mm-hmm. in front of the audience, and essentially like makes her one admit publicly that they are dating. Yeah. Um, to get past that, and then two, with the audience help, encourages her to quit her job, and she does. When you watch that, did you think? this isn't okay. Or did you think, yeah. Like, I, I was like, this is, I almost felt like that was really manipulative. Yes. To do, to to force both things onto Rhea in such a public setting. Yeah. And I don't know that that was what the pilot was trying for me to feel. I, I my theory on it is, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And I think 
they filmed it in such a way, which is an overarching issue with this show anyway, it was almost uncomfortable to watch. Like, mm-hmm. the way that they filmed it. Like, it didn't feel like this big, exciting moment. It felt like, oh, you were doing something, like, putting this person a lot of pressure. Like, Rhea was handling it very well, and it wasn't mm, uncomfortable. Yeah. But it didn't seem like, at any point, they were uncomfortable with each other. But it was, for me, I was like, this is a weird thing to be doing right here. It didn't feel like feel like a grand romantic gesture. Like I a completely big agree. I completely um, agree. Which is kind of an overarching issue with this show where I agree. We'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I did like that after they have a nice moment after where they're alone, which kind of brought me out of the uncomfortableness. Of which one scene. was it? It's where they're just sitting in the seats after the whole audience is gone. Yes. Yeah. And Cameron does address. She's like, I made you quit your job. I'm, I don't know if she says asshole or whatever. She says she's a dick. Yeah, she says she's a dick. At least she addresses that, yeah, that's like, fundamentally, that is um, a pretty aggressive thing to do to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if that person, like Rhea was, was okay with that happening. Yeah, even if it's well-intentioned. And it's received with (laughs) well-intentioned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, that was kind of the big moment. And it just fell a little flat that it didn't feel right i liked the moment after when they were alone and that's where we get the uh proposal the very smooth proposal Mm -hmm. and the rebuff of it but they kind of set up their what they're going to be doing together is and right after that is that the like tiny montage of the two of them cuddling in different positions in bed from like an aerial view yes i believe so that i had more emotion in that than i had through almost the rest of the show yeah it's just uh it's almost I don't think it's stills but it's like three second long shots yeah they themselves are laying still yeah of them laying all over each other in bed in different positions either asleep or just putting off having to actually get up yeah yeah and that so this is really interesting Mm -hmm. because um, I think we have two things to talk about I mean not this is what I think I there was I was continuously disappointed in the production value of this show same and then the thing that kept me in it was which i think is the aerial shots was because they are a genuine married couple there was a genuine love and just a very good um realistic subtle um not overstated uh showcase of their relationship together Mm -hmm. so that kept me there but overall the production is just Let's talk Not about that. There. Let's go, let's go with that one first. Do you want to get a, you want a beer? Sure, yeah. If you got I'm beer, I'll get take a beer. beer. Yeah, let's go. Um, so, uh, I so when I was watching this, did it seem set up that I asked you for a beer because it wasn't? No. Oh, I don't know. Um, I will say, watching this, um, I oh, well before. Sorry. I'm I'm just so excited for this beer. I'm not thinking clearly. I think also, uh, if we want to reinstate that we're two heterosexual white guys, we should mm-hmm. say that we are drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. Mm-hmm. Straight out of the bottle. And they are phallic symbols. <laughs> um, so I, I looked up, um, just out of curiosity, even before we watched this episode, uh, when I was donating plasma today like a poor person, um, <laughs> I looked up uh, who the director was, because mm-hmm. that's something that I would like to try to remember to do. We should. Yeah, in case, yeah. because every once in a while you get up, it's a Martin Scorsese directing uh, uh, Wolf of Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you get like, uh, was it Barry Sonnenfeld that did Pushing Daisies? I think so. And then we have uh, 
what's his name doing? I lost both the director and the show I was trying to... <laughs> Is uh, uh, House of Cards was David, David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, and they always say that anyway, the... It definitely, if you got a major director-producer, but the pilot, that's where you get to set the tone. Mm-hmm. And so the director is so... The director is yeah. never more important in television than the pilot. The rest of the time, they're kind of the minions of the... That's why, like, writers. James Burroughs, which is a name I'm sure we will continue to hear more yeah, of. I hope so. Like, um, he, you might not know what that who that person is that name might not mean anything to you but if you go and look at at James Burroughs IMDb he's he's shot like countless numbers of pilots at some point you have seen this man arrange three cameras in a sound stage yeah, and that's you true. Have watched the order he and the guy and the and the man is like worth millions upon millions upon millions of dollars because that is such an important role the mm. director of the pilot uh, because you're right, you're establishing the tone. Everything will follow that. Everything will be a carbon copy of those decisions made in that pilot. Yeah. That that whoever it is that directs the pilot gets a cut of every episode that ever comes afterwards. Mate, you told me that once. Yeah. And I still I need like that written down because that just seems so fantastic. And yeah. So, man, how do we get that? I know, right? Yeah. Um, Maybe like that way, or... like movie directors can try for that Emmy and also just keep making money while other people follow up after them. Yeah, why not? But, um, the, uh, what was I going to say? So I, I looked up this guy because, um, I want to start trying to do that in case it's ever somebody that was interesting. This person is not interesting. In fact, this guy had a very small IMDb, not to, that, not that, that not to hold that against him, but this guy had a couple shorts to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, I believe one other... One other... He, he directed a couple episodes for a show I'd never heard of called The Lemon Show. Oh, no, no. Lemon the Show. <laughs> um, and his name was... What was that on? I don't, I don't know. I didn't click. Uh, it was uh, directed by Sam Zvibelman. Z-V-I-B-L-E-M-A-N. I really hope that Sam does not listen to this. Yeah. Because... I think we're going to be a little critical, mm-hmm. and then we also probably just butchered his name. We re-butchered his name. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but yeah. Anyway, so I so I looked him up, and it, it doesn't surprise me that the guy has at least according to IMDb. I'm sure he has tons of uh, like thesis stuff and like yeah. just on his own or whatever. But at least according to IMDb, he doesn't have a whole lot of directing experience. Yeah. Not that it was a garbage job, but like it just it felt super flat. Yeah. Um, I feel like part of that's probably, you mentioned this uh, off off mic, I think part of that's because they probably had no dollars to make this with. Yeah. Um, but, like, everyone, for, for, okay, first of all, watching this felt like this was made ten years ago. Yeah. Like, it felt like that really, if I'm using this word correctly, droll, ironic, 90s indie comedy or whatever mm-hmm. um it reminded me of like things i'd had to watch in film class or whatever we're just like oh this is not terrible but i'm not really like this doesn't have a lot of life yeah and i noticed and i never noticed shit like this this is how noticeable it was but halfway through i was like this is a show where people just stand still or sit still and talk i think you're absolutely right there's think- no movement it's not visual whatsoever and at that's one my point big problem with sam like that's my accusation yeah. i don't think i don't think 
it was a, a like a toe fail, but I just I feel like there was just no there was no style. There was n- like it just it was still pictures and I mm-hmm. and every once in a while that works. Like in that aerial shot of them cuddling or yeah. um there was like I think an editing thing where the Francine or Francis or whoever their artist neighbor is, she like shows up at the door unannounced and has like a big crazy painting made out of garbage or whatever. Yeah. I was like, this feels like a sitcom moment. This feels yeah. like TV. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it, like, there's a point where they're on the phone with a, a friend of theirs, uh, Rhea's manager, I guess, mm-hmm. um, who is like, I guess, a teacher or a substitute teacher. And he like kicks a ball at the end of his scene when he gets off the phone. And I was like, that is the most activity that has happened in this whole thing. I think we should, that scene too mm-hmm. is important um, to me, just to get a, a, a level of, and I don't know, I'm feeling I'm being very apologetic here. I think it's because I like the intention and I like the characters, mm-hmm. but the production of it is, it just, I think they must have gotten just a very small budget from CISO to do this. Right. Which is understandable. Is and I, you can't hold that network. against the, the production. You, you can't, because yeah. like, it really does, it's, it takes a, it's a lot of moving parts to put together a show, um, but you're just typically not. It's a little um, the level of the like the the low amount of budget, like just showed itself in a big way in certain moments. And that moment where they're talking to um, this substitute teacher friend who's also a comic that show, he's a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a scene later on. But he's talking to Rhea on the phone, and he's standing in front of a wall. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this guy's a teacher. We have no budget to go to a school. We have no budget for actual children. Yeah, I guess that's so true. So we are going to put him in front of a wall that we put up a couple like posters. Like campaign posters yeah, like and stuff a for class president. president. Yeah, like make it look like it's a school wall. We're going to have one shot that's tight on him. We will have a ball roll in. We will hear no children, and then he'll just yell off camera to someone and kick it. And I was like, that's a real moment where it was like, we have no set, we have nowhere to go, we have this moment, and we got 10 minutes to film this. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's kind to of, that its was credit, the lowest level. I, to that scene's credit, mm-hmm. maybe, I, I was also having my epiphany at that same time, so maybe I would <laughs> have recognized it like you. I, whatever you're saying, I was like, oh, you're right, there were no kids visually. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember hearing them, but there may have been children's sounds. Yeah, them, for but. some reason I feel like there were, but mm-hmm. sometimes I my brain just does that, where it's like my brain will put in the sound. Yeah, there's like silent movies where I'm like convinced that there's dialogue probably, or whatever. There sometimes. was probably school noises. I'm probably wrong. But still, that. but yeah, that is that that was the same time that I also made my revelation. I just don't like when I can pick out, um, and I, it's not that terrible a thing. It's. I'm looking for these things, mm-hmm. and so, like, I think your average watcher, they're not going to be able to put their finger on that. Yeah. And I did just say that your average watcher, which does make me sound like a real big douche who thinks a lot of himself. <laughs> not that at all. I'm a moron. But I was just able to notice, like, immediately understand what behind the camera looks like. And yeah. it was that they are in some alleyway or they are somewhere shooting in L.A., and this is the moment they had. Like, it was just... It was easy in this show to see behind, like... To see behind the production, which just takes you out of it. Yeah. Like, it's... At the end, the comedy club, like, the audience... The shots of the audience were so stagnant, so, like, 
cut to reaction shots that it just, man, it took me out of it every single time. Yeah, because there was like, it, it was to the point where they would show the audience and I was like, who are these people? Did they like, are these extras? Are these, I wonder if these are friends of the cast? Are yeah. they like, this is the emotional climax of the show, of the episode. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking about the extras. Right. Because it's just so, it's not, it's not done very well. No. Um, can I also talk about, um... We'll see what's gonna be about. I don't... I think this is a continuation of the idea, but it's in a slightly different direction. I don't know who to put the blame on, and I, I'm afraid of of sounding a little bit mean here. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I can't tell if one of the other significant problems I had is that I don't think Rhea Butcher is a good actress. Yeah. Or if she has a very particular energy... And the director, and possibly the script too, failed at creating a canvas for her to pop. It's, I think it's all of that. Okay. Is because... Cameron Esposito, as I've said before, is very obvious a screen presence. And I think that Rhea is probably newer to all of this. I think you're right. does not have a lot of on-screen presence. And from the stand-up we see of her, mm-hmm. she is already a much different comedian where she is much more of a low-energy... Um, She's sort of, like, sort of in the Tig Notaro, mm-hmm. like, that area of energy. Yeah, and so, like, she... That's a fine energy to have, mm-hmm. but if you already have a show where they are not successively, successfully... Um, creating a tone around you mm-hmm. there's no tone to this show I and mean, yeah. that's what just kills it totally because yeah. i think if you gave put this in the hands of someone to re-edit put new music on do all these things you could probably cut together a pretty dynamite pilot from this mm-hmm. i think it could be pretty good but if you everything feels flat then a low like a low energy comic delivery from someone who is not a natural camera presence yeah is only going to um I don't know, make that more significant. Yeah, like, it's, it's, uh, it's her, well, this, I don't totally believe what I'm about to say, because I was going to say her on her own can't be funny, and that's mm-hmm. not true, because we see her do stand-up, and I've heard her do stand-up, and I think she's a fine stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not my favorite, but I think she's definitely capable in that. Yeah. And when it comes to, like, acting, uh, she spends a lot of this movie by herself, yeah. Like in front of a camera or talking into like a broom handle That's true, or yeah. whatever. And like, I think I, there has to be a name for it, but like her, she's not like a lead energy. She's like a supporting because yeah. like she needs something ridiculous for her energy to stand out against. Yeah. She, if, if she's sort of a one note performer, um, or if her character, mm-hmm. To give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, if her character is just a one note character, then um, she needs like something outlandish to stick out and be like, um, I'm I'm, tr- I'm struggling to, to describe it. To she needs yeah she, like she if she, if she's one note and and sort of low energy and dull in a dull environment, the whole thing's dull. Yeah. But if it's outlandish and she and everything's like ridiculous and she's grounded and not 
as not as crazy as everybody else's, then that's where the hilarious begins. Whenever the side character Francis or whatever her name is shows up, yeah. and she presents a weird portrait made of ketchup and coffee grounds or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like being a real weirdo and saying like, "Well, I can't come inside because you've invited me" or whatever. She was fantastic. She was really funny in a, mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time, and. That's when I liked Rhea the most, was acting against her. Yeah. That's when I was like, here we go, here's a show, here's a show. Can I tell you what I think it is? Hmm. It's, I've thought about it as I was watching her, mm-hmm. and now that you're talking about a kooky neighbor, I'm like, she really is, Rhea Butcher is Seinfeld. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. like, Jerry Seinfeld and her neighbor's can only be Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, so yeah, So he's yeah. not a natural actor, but he did nine seasons of a show quite successfully, and was very funny. And had some good acting moments eventually. Yeah. But he was also surrounded by, one, great characters, and also three phenomenal actors. And so they were able to... I, He was always Jerry being... Jerry didn't get too emotional. Jerry didn't get too worked up. Everything worked out for Jerry. It was just his reactions to his very high-energy emotional friends. Right. And so I think you talking about that is exactly right. With one, I think Francis the Neighbor was the best part of the show. Like, I just think the most naturally comedic part of the show. Like, she cracked me up immediately every small scene she was in. Yeah. But then we have... But then... So, them off of each other, that helps Rhea in a big way. Whereas I think Rhea, if they keep doing the show, will get more comfortable and will become better and they will figure out how to write with her and Mm -hmm. she will become a great part of the show. And not that she's not already, but she does stand out acting-wise, where her lines just aren't, like, landing. It reminds me, not as extreme, but just to come up with another example, it reminds me of how when I was watching Arrested Development, Michael Bluth was the character that it took me the longest to fall in love with. Yeah. Because he is just the dullard in the middle. I mean, he's not nearly as... I'm not saying he's bad at all, Mm -hmm. but just, like, surrounded by a cast of zaniness or whatever. And then it isn't until you have some time and you've worked on that character, and you've established that tone and that universe where you're, like, now the very fact that he is so plain or whatever, like, you start to see, like, how, like, selfish he is or how uh, he can't do, he, like, kind of thrives on other people's craziness or whatever. So hopefully, maybe if this show's a success, they can do something like that. I don't even know if they're aware of that sort of issue. Maybe, Maybe if we were to keep watching... By episode six, Rhea is a standout because they've figured out how to like build that around her. But I think that's interesting because I was going to say, mm-hmm. if this was just a standalone pilot, I would go, I don't want this show not to go on mm-hmm. because give, give them more time, give them more money, and give them another shot, and I think we'll get a good show. We just did not get it in the first episode. Where yeah. It's not that I don't want to see it again, but the first episode I don't think is a great example of what the show can be. There's... But we have five more. Yeah. But by the... But that's not what this show's about. Oh, that's true. We only watched the first episode. You know what? I gotta gotta Um, stick to our own parameters. The, uh... Uh... What did I want to say? The... Yeah. I I mean, this show... I don't call it a failure because it's not a complete failure by any means. Um... I still enjoyed it. I laughed out loud once or twice. But, like, even at the emotional climax, like, if I if I went into this show knowing nothing, mm-hmm. you, you put it on because you had heard something, and I was, I had 
no interest into this. And I walked in, and at the end of the episode, you're like, hey, fun fact, did you know that those two people are married in real life? I would not have believed you. Because, mm. like, I didn't even... I don't know if it's Rhea's acting. I don't know if it's... Uh, or, like, her discomfort in acting. I don't know if it's the the script, which I thought was sort of... Sort of had a lot of, like, obvious humor and stuff like that. Like, I didn't... Cameron Esposito doesn't have any other IMDb credits for writing pilots. Mm-hmm. She's only ever written um, television special stuff, her own. Yeah. So um, I don't know how experienced she is in writing for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt pretty simple, pretty lowest common denominator on a lot of it. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I, by the end of it, I was like, I, I'm rooting so hard for you too, but only because I know for a fact in real life y'all are married. Yeah. And I like you guys outside of this. But, like... I wasn't especially rooting for the relationship within the actual episode. Did you at all... I My biggest moment of actually feeling an emotional connection to them was whenever... Uh, was that last scene that I was talking about. When they're alone in the... And they yeah, that did work the best. Yeah. That, was, that was where I was like, this is a real couple. This is yeah. real love. Like, they were just... It That's was a true. nice, quiet scene together. Yeah, and I I think it's just... I think that that is a legitimately good scene. Um, and this, and people who are listening to this and didn't watch the episode, this means nothing to them. But, like, the aerial shots of them, like, cuddling. That's, like, the first time in the whole episode that I was like, I do that with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I this, this is the first time that I'm putting myself in their shoes. Right. And I'm now connecting emotionally finally at the end jordan your girlfriend literally is a graphic designer this she, is the first right? time yeah yeah um but uh and i'm also hilarious like cameron esposito um i also have a boy named like cameron esposito um uh that is also sometimes a girl's name that's true yeah look at you guys yeah we're you basically need an besties. asymmetrical haircut she has a lot more hair than i do though she does yeah um but what was my point? Oh, I think just by that point, I had just emotionally checked out so mm, much that yeah. um, you're right, but I don't. I wasn't able to appreciate it as much as I should have because I don't think there was that much leading up to it. I will say that um, they could have been sisters in a lot of those scenes, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have. I really? wouldn't have noticed. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think I never got a sisterly vibe from them. Maybe, I mean, not like, oh, I totally got a sisterly vibe, but, mm-hmm. like, there were scenes where I didn't necessarily feel the love. There was a, a part where, in the middle, where Cameron has had a bad morning mm-hmm. on Twitter. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I did like the, the how much Twitter played into and texting. just how much, yeah, like, well, Twitter specifically on how much, like, that is a part of... Making oh, or breaking yeah. a comedian in their life because Cameron's doing a lot, but she is getting nothing but negative tweets from people, and then sort of like a Greek chorus. Yeah, and then Rhea has done a uh, a set the night before, gets like a favorable retweet from someone or something happens, and she's having it's like the highs and lows, mm-hmm. and they're like built on this social media response. Yeah. Um, but so Cameron's had a bad morning she comes home Rhea's declined to go to breakfast with her because she's supposed to be working and she's like dancing i guess when she comes in because she's excited about the yeah. twitter and then uh cameron goes in the room Rhea comes in and they have like just a real like 
just there's having a fight, but it's just so like doesn't even feel like a fight. There's no emotion. So that's where I will agree with you. Where it's this relationship does not play out at all because there's no there's no real mm-hmm. fight going on here. Like it just doesn't feel it's cardboard. Yeah, and so that doesn't help. I think that's a good way of building a couple's relationship is to see them fight. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody loves Raymond. What else did they do on that show? <laughs> that's a good point. But, uh, but that's a, one of the good ways. We get seeing them in bed. Cuddling is a huge way, too, because that's intimate. Mm-hmm. Or having a, a moment alone. Those moments, I think, work really well. But then when we see them fight, which is a way of building that relationship, it just really was... And unfortunately, that was earlier in the episode. So that's informing your... Yeah, and, you know, you're not yeah. getting a a good base of this is uh, a real relationship going on. Yeah. Well, I think we're. What have we got? Anything? I else? think we've gone through all of my notes. I think so too. Um, oh, the we've talked about production stuff that I did not enjoy, but um, also I think leading to that too was the music. Like there was just no point that that music helped establish anything, really set me up. I honestly, I swear to God, I don't even remember music. It was a very, it was very um, shoestring synthesizer, just mm-hmm. kind of like boop boop. Boop, 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 oh boop, yeah boop. yeah like <laughs> dead on synthesizer but it, it just it never you know how important like music is to the to a television show like i was like this is not the right music like this is not what we need yeah this isn't setting up anything this isn't getting me like this isn't telling me i'm having an exciting time like i mean they really are music so informs film and television on your emotional level and it was the same kind of riff for everything. And so it did nothing. Yeah. It almost just was like, oh, this scene's real quiet. Why don't we just fill it with boops and beeps? Yeah. And that goes to the fact that a low budget, like they probably couldn't do much to have a professional score done, one. And then two, I don't know, I'm thinking about like Netflix's uh, Master of None. Yeah. Another yeah, yeah. comedian doing a show with Aziz. And he like got a ton of money it seems like because every damn episode they just reached into let's see what like famous song mm-hmm. from the that you haven't thought of, of in a while but you yeah. love and then it would end the episode and it'd be like oh i'm had a great time during that episode well yeah. on aziz like all yeah. this, and them not having the ability to purchase music it seems like like it just everything was quiet everything was stagnant then I kind of hate that because I want to see this show succeed and I want to mm-hmm. see it done better, pretty much. So let me ask you this, and I, I guess this is us kind of starting our descent. Mm-hmm. Um, w- uh, you know, w- this show is about watching just the pilots, but on your own time, like, would you willingly sit down and watch more of this show? I'll tell you, there's only six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like from what I understand, we're going to get an overarching art arc of, um, Rhea, uh, Rhea has quit her job. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to go on tour. It seems like something's going to happen. They're going to be headlining these. And it seems like that student debt, she's got over $60,000 of debt. She's doing a, done a deferment for that. Like she's putting off the real world. And I, and we're also leading up to at some point them being married. Mm-hmm. And so I, would be interested in seeing there's enough of a storyline and I'm also curious to know if this is going to change if it gets better the longer they did this show I 
would very seriously consider watching it. I mean, I think I would give it a second or third episode. In the end, I'm only devoting yeah. three hours to this show. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I... I, at some point, I don't know how to see so, am I, I, I'm not lucky enough to live with Aaron, but, um, just devil Amanda. I love you, Amanda. I know you don't listen to this, but I love you. You're, you're my Rhea Butcher and my Cameron Esposito. Um. She had two? That's how much I love her. She's my both of them. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's true love. Um, I would, if I had CISO and I had this on, uh, yeah, at my fingertips, I would watch, I would try one more episode mm-hmm. because I am, I want it to, to do well. I like them. I yeah. like that they're um, doing this together. Um, I think that there's uh, glimpses of, of humor and I want this perspective out there. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough, uh, like, we have enough, like, female-led stuff, especially with, like, two women. Um, yeah. uh, especially, they actually make a joke about that where... Uh, Cameron's talking to another female comedian. They're like, "Man, I'd love to go on tour with you, but oh, two yeah. women can't go on tour together." Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it's illegal. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, and and also on top of that, like, they're also there's very limited like lesbian perspective out there. Yeah. Um, and so like, I want this show to succeed, um, for multiple reasons. I would give it one more episode to try to grab my heart and my attention. Mm-hmm. But if the if the following five episodes are of the same uh, quality, I don't think I could sit through. I mean, I mean, literally, like you know, it's not Guantanamo Bay. Like I yeah. could sit through, but like with like limited time and energy, and with a billion other TV shows to watch, mm-hmm. I wouldn't give it my time. I think it is important also to note that it does suffer from. Well, not it does not suffer, but. Following episodes have the benefit that pilots never have mm-hmm. of being able to have more of a story and more of a in-episode story that it's hard to have in pilots because yeah. we are such a setup here and it's always feels not as exciting. You know, like it's never, pilots are always just a little, yeah. that, I, it's a weird. little nothing happened. Yeah, you know? like um, I've, uh, I have at times been like, I love the concept for this show, and I want to keep doing it this way, but I was like, we've sort of picked the worst episodes of <laughs> yeah, every yeah. show. Like, um, and that's not entirely true. Like, the newsroom pilot I watched recently, it's fucking dynamite. Why did you not want um, to tell me? Well, you know, I was thinking about politics, and... I do love the newsroom. I can't so wait good. to watch it again. But, um, the, uh, what was I going to say? I, um, I was thinking today about how, um... I can't remember which show it was, but I was thinking about like watching some show again and how whenever I, if I own the physical discs of that show, mm-hmm. I never watch the first disc of the first season. I just jump straight to the second disc because I'm like, those are the worst five episodes. Isn't that crazy what a dated statement that is anymore? Yeah. So that just skipping a mm-hmm. disc, but I understand exactly what you yeah. mean. Yeah. And so like we're covering the episodes that I myself would skip. But I think I still think it's the best to examine, though. No, yeah, just absolutely. Just pure structure. If we're being uh, scholars here, mm. it is the best because we get to pull it apart and just see. Um, so with this show, we're looking at we got the setup of who these characters are. Mm-hmm. We know that they are going to lead up to a marriage. That's what it's told us. 
they're going to go... Are they going on tour? Am I making that up? I mean, up? they were are talking they about gonna, it happening. They are just going to host a show together every week. Well, I think they might try to do... Well, I don't, they also, talk about touring multiple times. they could not have times. the budget to go any other location. There's four locations on this entire show. Maybe they'll just... And one of them is a wall. Maybe... Uh, maybe... Maybe they'll just, like, put up, um... Instead of, like, class president pictures, they'll just put up, like, travel posters of the Alamo or something. <laughs> San like, see the Alamo! <laughs> Welcome to the airport! Or whatever. And just have, like... <laughs> Let me ask you this. I didn't think about this. Okay. Do you think... Do you think this pilot would be more... in Even a little bit. More captivating if we didn't know... If the first thing we knew in this pilot... Was that this ends well and they get married? Mm. If we, if the, if the oh, idea was true. open mm-hmm. that they might not make this big jump, yeah. Do you think? I think I would maybe be a little bit more interested if I didn't know yeah. that they were married in real life and happy, and that they that their characters didn't start off married. I think I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe they'll break up. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll like get close, or like there might be more drama. Like I expect them to have issues, but I don't expect much, much like shit to hit the fan. That's interesting because I think the fact that it does start with them married and then skip backs already gives a little more credence to um, the weight of what's happening because it's just like just see what happens to us getting married. This is the foundation, and that somehow puts weight there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just started a show. With um, this couple waking up in bed together and then going through the whole episode without that, mm-hmm. it somehow pulls the rug out on a lot of dramatic, or not dramatic, but weight to mm-hmm. the episode where it's a lot more of just kind of like, oh, somehow I'm even more so like, what are we doing? Like, what? Why am I watching this day in their life? Yeah. A little bit. See, that's so interesting to me because, like, the way that they decided to do it, to me, I don't think it actually feels like this, but the mm-hmm. intention seems similar. Yeah. Where it almost, like, it almost reminds me of, like, Parks and Recreation, where it's like, give up your give up your job for your dream job. It's all going to work out. Don't worry about it. We all, like, it's like, it's just, like, fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment. Like, yeah. It might suck this episode, but don't worry, we get married in the end. Right. And so... To have taken that away and to actually put, like, the relationship on the chopping block... Yeah. It's just... Unfortunately, this episode was directed so badly that it didn't establish either tone. I don't think it would have... I don't think it would have mattered. Just on paper. I feel like you would have had two... You could have had two very different tones just by removing or including that. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, the old writing question um, of why today? Like, why why is the script focused on today? Why this moment in this person's life? Why are we interested? Why are we picking up here? Is that what I was supposed to be writing about this whole time? That is, you're supposed to know. That's, that's a writing question. Oh, no. Why am I telling this person's story today? Okay. Right? And, and so let's if we look at it from that standpoint, there's two different ways. Mm-hmm. One is why today? Because today Rhea Butcher woke up like every day with her girlfriend Cameron, mm-hmm. and by the end of the day or end of the two days, whatever period of time this took place on, yeah, from start to finish, 
she left her stable design, graphic design job and is now going to host a stand-up show with her girlfriend and maybe things will work out. Yeah. Is that the reason that we pick it up today? Or is it the reason we pick up today because they're going to get married in a year? Here's where it began was because Rhea quit her job and they started hosting the show and that led to this big moment. That's yeah. what I mean by more credence where it's like, I get what you're saying because I, I think that you're right. Mm-hmm. But I think if you... Thank you. If you don't... I do. I think that I don't hear that a lot. <laughs> I think that you're right is it would be more dramatic because at some point we have to have these two yeah. almost break up. And I... Maybe because they assume everyone knows who they are because this is such a... It's probably... I don't know... It seems like they're almost making it for yeah. everyone who would know because they're on podcasts, they're on social media. Everyone knows who's watching the show probably knows Cameron Esposito. And also, <laughs> we should... Uh, is that I, right? Cameron, Cameron Esposito? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish I would have looked a little bit harder. I didn't think about this. It might even be ingrained in their promotional material. It might even yeah. be like real life couple, Rhea Butcher, Cameron Esposito, bring you, take my wife. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It is very. I almost would put down five dollars on the fact on the on the fact that they do do that. It'd be almost interesting if this show only has this one season. If that's it. Mm-hmm. It would be almost more interesting to see. I don't know what the chances are they would get to make another show. But to see them put their efforts into something that has nothing to do with the most important thing that happened to them within the last 15 months. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, because her stand-up is about that, her life's about that, and I know a lot of people accuse her of, like, sticking to that stuff. But I like these two people. and But it's so close to them that it all has more weight. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it, too, why we don't feel like we're really getting pulled in. So it would be interesting to see them do anything else that is not about Rhea and Cameron. It's about something else. And to see their points of view and their humor right. placed upon them. Build characters in a universe, not just do a humorous retelling. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if this gets another season or how it plays out. Um, I mean, we'd have to watch it first. Um, yeah. Which is the whole point of this show. You know what's funny is I still don't think I'll watch it. That's not the funny part. But... Um, <laughs> I'm not that much of a dick. Yeah. But um, having had this conversation about, like, why this day is this because this is the beginning of them getting married or mm-hmm. because this is when she gave up her job and career follows, yeah. I almost want to watch the rest of the show almost to see, like, I almost don't trust that either of those were intentional. Mm-hmm. I almost want to watch the show just to see if, like... Okay, you guys were smarter than I thought. You guys did have a plan, or whatever. Yeah. Like, which is not the reason to watch a show, but right. That's the that's so far. That's the leading reason why I would ever watch all six episodes, unless the second episode's great, and then I would keep going. Yeah, because another thing with it, we also thought we were ending like twenty minutes ago. But yeah. real quick. Character-wise, mm-hmm. we have Rhea, we have Cameron, and then we have one real defined funny neighbor who's the mm-hmm. only person who's outside of the comedy world. And then we have this teacher guy. Which is interesting. She, of everybody in a regular show, she would be the one that gets cut because she's 
the one that's outside the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, like how that yeah. works where she doesn't work with them, she doesn't live with them. It's a real uh, Just Shoot Me. Do you remember Just Shoot Me? Yeah, it's, it's her roommate. Cut. Yeah. The curly haired dude. Yeah, there was a yeah. roommate for Elliot Gould's daughter. Mm-hmm. And he was in about the first five episodes, I yeah. think. And then they were like, why do we? Why are we giving Maya, I think her name yeah, is Maya, was, yeah. or was it Mia? Maya. I think it was Maya. Uh, why are we giving her a roommate? Yeah, why, why are we, we taking d- her out of work? <laughs> why? It's yeah. a workplace comedy. Yeah. And then they cut him straight out. Yeah. But, so, you would think she would be the one most likely to get chopped out, Got but you, she's right. the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I mumbled I love television. Oh. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, so I, and that would be, she was definitely a fan favorite. Like, I feel like when she came on, um, we were watching it with Aaron, that's Saint, Mm -hmm. and, uh, we were just cracking up. And then she has a small moment where she's digging through a trash can and she, like, says something about someone being pregnant and it somehow landed too. Yeah. That's the thing. She was landing jokes. She was landing jokes half buried in trash. Yeah. We couldn't see her face and that was probably an ADR line. Yeah. And she's still funnier than most of the rest of the show. She's older by everyone else. Well, I don't know how old Cameron Esposito is. Why am I doing that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm bad at speaking. That's just the truth. Good thing you're a and, podcast co-host. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Yeah. The uh but she's older than everyone uh by more than a few years, and I wonder she must also it seems like they're all from the similar comedy world. Yeah. I wonder if they're they didn't get any like uh if they were just enlisting solely their stand-up friends. And I think That's how I would do it. Here's my thing, though, as I just feel like this is me without any experience in this. I just feel like improvers are probably better actors on par than a bunch of stand-ups. Probably. And I wonder if that's part of it, too. Where stand-ups are good at, like, delivering lines they get to... Or jokes they get to kind of set up in a whole way. Mm-hmm. And they're also stand-ups, for the most part, most of them, it seems like, are really good at sticking to their character. They de- their whole point is to develop one character, and then it's so it's kind of hard to once you've developed that character, do anything else. You know. Yeah, they're they're making sure to do anything other than be right. Kind of a a downer, realist. Yeah, stand up comedians are they themselves are the bottom line. Yeah, improv is about setting tone setting up other people. Yeah. It's supposed to be selfless, according to Don't Think Twice. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. I think we we did it. I think this is the most uh, technical show we've had yet. Yeah. Which I, I Love Lucy so. was very historical. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, uh, I appreciate you doing the show with me, but this is the exact reason that I wanted to do this show is because I wanted to tear all those apart as much as possible and just mm-hmm. talk about pilots. Yeah. Because I love it. I yeah. love it so much. Uh, to all you prisoners in Guantanamo Bay who are being tortured by listening to every minute of this very technical you podcast. I think they'd be a little <laughs> bit better. Yeah. Their pilot would be a little better when yeah. they slip it in the you know hand what? of whichever there's celebrity not, them. There's not... <laughs> You tell Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You tell him, hey, as of right now, somehow, there's still not a Guantanamo Bay-based sitcom. Yeah. There's not a Hogan's Heroes for terrorists. <laughs> we can do this. We can do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. pulling for you. Well, 
that was uh, a great episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Do we say things at the end? I don't remember if we do anything. What did we? Oh, uh, we don't have any social media yet, so we gotta get that. We well, we to have to that. edit one of these first. Yeah. We haven't done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or have an opening like a theme song. Yeah. Or any plan for how to distribute this. Yeah. We mail this, right? Yeah, yeah we're just going to send it out to all our friends. Yeah. A chain letter. Yeah. With a, with the five CDs in it. Send mm-hmm. this to five friends or else you die. For the, we have a, we're trying to break the Guinness Book of World Records for longest chain letter. Great. We yeah. should do it. The, uh, I will say that I have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, at Kevin Talley. Okay. I have written almost nothing on it. So if you want to go see what I was thinking in March... <laughs> go ahead and go find out. Uh, it's August now. Yeah. So what do you have, Jordan? You, if you if you really want to read Woohoo Spring Break, <laughs> uh, go check out Kevin. Working adult. I had no Spring Break. Um, my I have a Twitter too. It is not much better than Kevin's. It is at Problem Pasture. Uh, you will find links to podcasts that I do for Synapse.co posted there. Um, and that is mostly it for now. I have an Instagram. Yeah? Yeah, if anyone want to go to my Instagram, it's Kevin Scott Tally, full name, and, uh, I actually, that's what I use the most. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. It's, I just much rather take pictures. It's a lot easier. I also have an Instagram Mm -hmm. that is, is it the underbar 919s? Is that what my Instagram is? Guys... (laughs) My junior year of high school, I started a band. You started the idea of a band. I started the idea of a band <laughs> with, with my other best friend, Chow. Mm-hmm. And he, and it was called, on the clock, it was 919, and so we started a band called The 919s. Great name. Jordan has loved that name ever since, mm-hmm. and used it for several social media things, which I find infuriating. Even though this band has done nothing. Yeah, I did it because I was mad that y'all didn't use it and then also i was hoping to make some sweet scratch if your band ever took off and you yeah, wanted you to pay me it. for it <laughs> um but it's okay because then chow took my idea for our band name and that's his and that's yep. his instagram handle so yours is i think the the underbar 919s but it's n-i-n-e one nine s yeah yeah um if anyone wants to see pictures of us yes you can see what we look like you can see what i made for dinner yeah Ah, yeah, me too. Really? I, I made dinner it? last night. Oh, nice. Yeah, if it's oh. mac and cheese, I take a picture of it. That's the only food I ever take pictures of. <laughs> and the only food you make. And the only food I make. Um, and also, if you were to follow me, please let me know that you are here because you listen to the show. Because I currently have a rash of obviously rash. fake, uh, like, sexy Asian ladies Trying to like specifically, I think so. Yeah, really. All of their all of their handles have the lipstick emoticon mm. on either side, mm-hmm. and they just are spamming my Instagram right now. So, <laughs> uh, if if you're a hot Asian girl who is a fan of this show, you might tell me that yeah. you're a fan of the show because I'm probably gonna block you because I assume you're a robot. Yeah, yeah, that's a smart move. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If you'd like to mail me, no, I'm kidding, because um, I'm about to move, so I don't even know what my new address is yet. Oh, we're actually about to live even closer to each other, mm-hmm. which is 
Probably not. We work together, we do a podcast together, we hang out all the time, and now we're going to live mm-hmm. a block from each other. Yep. What a nightmare. <laughs> I know. What has happened? Yep. I we're going to get real a, sick of each other. I used other. to have a 45-minute buffer. Yep. All, all right. right. Well, well, hey. Peach Poke, you owe me a Coke. You can't talk for the rest of this episode. <laughs> um, so, that has been us, that has been Kevin and me, and this has been the pilot program, and this has been episode three, and... Um, I sort of doubt at this point at 11.44 p.m. we'll record our episode four of Stranger Things. Maybe we can do that on a lunch break or something since we work together. Uh, but we will probably talk about that in the next episode unless something crazy happens. Oh, do you want to tell them about, uh, what we are going to be doing in the very near future, Kevin, 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 um, about the Adult Swim thing? Was that... The rules, as you say my name enough, I get to speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, we were... Uh, t- no, I lied. You can't... <laughs> no, sorry. Um, we'll talk about the Adult Swim thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Adult Swim, part of this um, pilot program, the whole reason, one is to tear apart pilots and just how the mechanics, how they work. But yeah, not, not like shit on them, but just yeah, deconstruct them. Exactly. And um, part of that is how television is just changing in such a, a rapid rate. And uh, I think this is an Amazon did a real like a uh, where they would you could submit pilots and they would um, put the best ones up and people could read the pilot and vote on it. And it was this real like workshop method that they were trying, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is interesting um, and also kind of terrible. But the very democratic. Yeah. uh, Adult Swim is doing that in their own Adult Swim way. They currently online have four pilots up they're all 15 minutes a piece um three animated shows one live show um and these are stuff done by paul Shear and rob cordry um but they're letting people stream all those pilots mm-hmm. and then vote on them through uh, in a very adult swim way um arcade looking red buttons mm-hmm. that are all labeled i think it's laughing laughing boo, boo Costanza kill one this Costanza is one it changes I don't even like, know what that means there, well I think the so there's laughing and kill this I think are the yeah. the basic um, real ones and then with each show there's different customizable ones because there's one that's fart that as of I can't on uh, there's a show called like Gauntlet something McCallahan or something I don't know whatever it is he has that that show has like seventy thousand laughing, but then eight thousand people put fart as well. Like, mm-hmm. and then I think they just use certain catchphrases from the show, and that's one of the buttons too. Because it's Adult Swim, it's got to be a little like, yeah nonsense. Um, but we're thinking about watching all four pilots. Mm-hmm. They're all like what fifteen minutes? Yeah, each? they're all fifteen. Yeah. We'll just do one episode where we go through them. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of talk about this rating system, what that means for television when people do this kind of stuff. And then also just decide which one we think personally is the one that needs to stick around. Yeah, so we are encouraging you off the top of our head. I'd, I'd forgotten we had decided to do this. We, we found out this existed this afternoon at work at like 4.30. So um, we encourage you to uh, find it on Adult Swim's website. Go watch those four. Uh, I think Are they all animated? The fourth one by Rob Corgi is The Hindenburg Explodes, which okay. is a live action. There's Hot Streets. Yeah. Uh, Gauntlet McGillicuddy. <laughs> yeah, McGillicuddy. And some other show yeah. that I don't know. 
but it doesn't matter. Uh, but we encourage you to go watch them so that you can listen to this episode and have opinions that either go along with ours or sharply contrast them, and we can start a dialogue. Uh, but yeah, we're going to watch them. We're going to talk about them. We're going to say which ones we... We're only going to vote for one each uh, of the four that we would prefer stick around, and yeah. we will tell you what we voted for at Absolutely. the end of the episode as a teaser. Cool. Yeah. Did I cut you off? Were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, did we decide on a Twitter handle? Didn't we say it was going to be... I, we might have, but I don't know what program it was. pod? If, it, if it's not taken. Okay. We'll look into it. Yeah. Anyway, we get it. We should end this. Also, if you're an intern, if you want to be an intern <laughs> that's not paid, um, And there's absolutely no college credit for this? Yeah. Yeah. But all the high fives. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Anyway. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's twelve. It's almost twelve, and that's when my pumpkin turns into a carriage, and turns back into a pumpkin, and my brain. So goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>